Hey guys, this is Joe. I'm no biologist, but how many cells do single-celled organisms have? What's up, everybody? It's Eric. Nadine, sometimes science stinks. It's the game we play, baby. Just a minute. I said just a second. This summer, Whoa. science can't help you. Snag one. I've seen this movie. The black dude dies first. <laughs> Doctors can't help you. Whoa, stop! Don't take the leg! Setting for scratch. Because they're here to wipe that silly smile off your planet. That's like a big loogie. Evolution. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, June 8th, everywhere. You're listening to Word the Late Fee, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think that the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant keep paying a late fee. What's new, Joe? How much, Eric? How have you been? I've been good. Um, as far as what we've been, before we get into what we've been watching, Joe and I went to see John Moreland in uh, Cambridge, aka Boston. If you're not from the area, it's pretty much it's, it's close enough. Uh, we went to see uh, John Moreland in Boston slash Cambridge the other day, and I loved it. I thought he was great. Oh, it was so good. I'm not as familiar with his music as Eric is, but listen, which so this was like a lot of his songs hearing that night was like my first time hearing them and poetry. His lyrics yeah. are incredible. Yeah. I'm, I'm a lyrics guy with music. Cause I, I don't, I don't get me wrong. Like I like, I can hear like, whether it's like a great guitar player or drummer and be impressed, but because I don't play instruments, I, I think it's, I think some of it's lost on me, you know, yeah. but lyrics I love. And, and he is, man, the guy, the guy standing next to us said it best, like, or he like he just crushes you. He, he yeah. his lyrics are very not a lot of upbeat songs, but it's so beautifully written. It's 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 crazy. Yeah, the guy next was like you said. He is like a big dude. He looked like he was like you know a very hard like American worker's boots on. Yeah. Like he was yeah. very like you know with his beard gut. And then like you said, one of the songs he just like Jesus Christ, like it yeah, just hit him cry. like a, oh yeah, hit him yep. so hard. I'm like man, I'm like I feel you right now. Like I get it. This, Dude, some sad songs. <laughs> this guy had the most impressive beer gut I've ever seen because he wasn't a fat man. Like it was like up, you know, in his chest area. He had like flat chest. He didn't, he wasn't a fat guy. It just went like straight down to where his like right below his ribs and then basketball out over his gut. And then it was, yeah. it was impressive though. <laughs> but yeah, no. He, so the show was good. It was good night in even Boston. Even the opener, Will, I wish I knew his name, like shut him on this uh, episode, but even Will, the opened up, I'm going to look it up while you uh, talk. Cause he was really good too. He was another act where he was just up there by himself on guitar, which Will Johnson. So I think Will it's Johnson. Will Johnson. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I, I hope I'm not mixing him up with another guy, but if you go to Will Johnson's Instagram, one thing that if it was like a different, if it was a different venue, I would have gone up and talked to Will Johnson because he seems to have a love of baseball. And uh, he does these like drawings of um, like old baseball players or, or, you know, I think, I think you can like hire him. He does political ones too, but he's a super talented dude, both with the music and with drawing. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. It's really cool. Really br- two great acts. Yeah. And so as far as what I've been watching, the first one I'll mention real quick, because I've said this a million times, but the other day I was just flipping through cable and I turned on uh, Back to the Future 1 and I was like, okay, I'm watching this for the next 45 minutes because I freaking love that movie. And I could start it at any point <clears throat> and want to finish it. So 
Uh, also, snowfall. So the this is the second week of the new season tonight as we're recording this. By the time you guys hear it, it'll be the third week. But So last week, to start the season, they opened it up with two episodes, and I was pumped. I thought it was one. I finished the one episode, and I was like, I was like, all right, that was cool. And then it was like, do you want to watch the next episode? And I was like, wait, what? There's another episode out? So I watched that. It is, man, that show is so good. And then the last thing is I randomly yesterday, I was like, I'm going to find an, an HBO show that is, you know, people have think highly of that I haven't watched yet. And so what I settled on, I have a whole list on my HBO uh, app I have like probably like six shows on there right now but what I settled on giving a shot was Rome have you ever watched Rome Joe yeah I have and it was didn't that show get correct me if I'm wrong it wasn't that one that got canceled for being too expensive way back when on HBO <laughs> I don't know but it, it I could see that because it does look kind of pricey I only watched one episode so far but I, it seems like up my alley so I'm gonna, and it's only two seasons so I'll definitely give it a shot see i'll let i'll report back if it yeah, loses i i have that blu-ray set i've never finished it but i i finished the first season people love the show that's one of those ones that they claim in front of the season they yeah. but who knows if they'll shows get picked up right now years later so you never know yeah yeah what about you what have you been watching i've been uh, re-watching scrubs for whatever reason it started off as like a time. casual episode, couple episodes <laughs> watching and i was like you know i'm like here i am like 10 episodes in. i'm like okay this is starting to rewatch this point um so we're watching scrubs i'm still watching like i mentioned i think last time watching party down still and for all those who don't know hulu has now added the oc to the lineup so oh. i've never seen it before might be worth checking out you know <laughs> if, if you're one of the rare people that hasn't seen it for the past 15 or 20 years and you want to start now now's your chance <laughs> Oh, when did the OC start? It actually went over because that was it's a Warner Brothers show. Usually HBO Max has like the Warner Brothers rights from my understanding. So yeah. surprised like that one. They're probably like, you can have that Hulu. It's all yours. <laughs> when did that show start airing? Oh, two or something? In 2003. Okay. My my senior or the year I graduated high school. That's crazy. Anything else? Anything else good or no, I'm watching the I'm seeing the uh, the Batman tomorrow, which is getting some really, really good reviews. So I'm seeing my brother. Um, I'm excited for that actually I, I haven't really been excited for a superhero film in a while but I love how this movie is more of like the detective side of Batman which is not done very often in the movies so it's usually like him you know, being the kid crusader and being the vigilante he is but I guess it, from what I've heard they focus on the old like timey detective stuff as well which is pretty interesting I'll be honest and this is anyone who listens to the podcast know I'm, I'm kind of just burnt out on comic book movies but I saw the trailer for that, I think last night, and I was like, I was completely unaware that this movie was coming out. That's how I've just turned off that whole part of movies. So, yeah, it's, but I hope it's good. I'm the same way, but it's, it's I don't know, it's, <clears throat> it's cruising a different, a riskier take on Batman said, it's like, because this isn't going to catch as many fans, I don't think, which is kind of cool. So it's like, it's catering to a certain audience, but I'm, I'm, it's, I'm interested in it. It's, Three hours long, which is wild. Oh my so god! It's, it's a long. It's like an epic. But there's that. And I'm also looking forward to. Uh, I just got through the night action when I watched my brother drive my car, which is a character drama. Um, 
that was space. It's a Japanese film, so subtitled. But again, it's a long one. It's three hours long. But it's getting some really wild reviews. And the fact that a character drama, just very heavy on dialogue, can um, entertain audiences that long and yeah. get good reviews, I'm very interested in that as well. Uh, yeah, I hope I hope it does entertain you for that long. So, um, so this is this week's Joe's pick. So I'll let him get into why he picked it, his memory and every, of it and everything. But the beer I'm drinking, it's called Dukovny Pilsner. Oh God, and it's spelled... Amazing. Well, wait till I'll send you a picture of the can, Joe. It's, uh, it's spelled a little bit differently, but it's clearly a, paying respects to David Duchovny. Um, it's from Medusa Brewing in Hudson, Mass. And it is kind of weird. When I saw it, I like totally spaced for a second. Because on the can, it has a picture of a UFO like a, like the stereotypical flying saucer sort of thing, you know? And I was like, I was like, man, that's weird. Like, is this about, is this tied into evolution? I like for one second, totally spaced on the X files. And I was like, Oh, that's clearly what they're, yeah. <laughs> they're talking about. But so yeah, I'm drinking, uh, it's a Duchovny Pilsner from Medusa brewing in Hudson mass right down the street from us kind of, and it's delicious. So and well I done. You. I got you. I'm drinking. I'm drinking this, uh, it's so good. This fine Mods for Tots apple juice. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell go you easy. Go easy. How good this is. It's made for toddlers. No sugar. Which is perfect for you. Water. It's perfect, yeah. man. It's so delicious. Yep. So, cheers. Well, good. Enjoy. Cheers. <laughs> so this so, movie. Why what are we watching? Why would you pick it? Yeah. Yeah. So Evolution came on 2001. It's one of those movies that has... Whatever reason kind of got off people's radars. It's not talked about often, really. Um, but I have this like list of movies that I want to revisit. And since we're in this era now, it's kind of fun, kind of moving along and picking out movies that we can review in the 2000s. This was and this was on that list. So, um, and of course, it was directed by the great Ivan Reitman, who just passed away, unfortunately. So, while this might not be his most wonderful movie to pay homage to his career. Um, this one that I really enjoyed growing up. So it's, it's, it was fun to revisit this one. So my memory of this film is pretty much nothing other than the cover of the DVD. Like I remember when you said I'm picking evolution, I could see the DVD cover, but I'd never seen it, never had any desire to see it. I was totally neutral on it. It's not like some movies that I, I hadn't seen and I, I was like, I'll never see that movie. I was just like, okay, whatever. I, I just had no opinion either way on it. I was like, whatever. But so those movies, man, for the time, what a crazy cast, huh? Like this was when like they're all at their peak. Like this is this is yeah, yeah. Insane. I and probably my favorite part of rewatching this is we'll we'll get into it when we talk about um the cast and what they did before this and right that just kind of connecting some dots and everything. So did you but Real quick, not the because I only see this in the facts. I'm not sure if you caught it, but when they're when uh, David and uh, Orlando Jones they take the students into the cave like a field trip. Did you yep. notice John Cho in the very back? Do you see him, John? Cho? I, I I didn't notice him, but I same thing. I saw the I saw the uh, fun fact thing. Yeah, I didn't, but I yeah. didn't see it. It was funny. See, I was like, oh my god, like because it wasn't one. I reckon had already come out at that point and he was already like a side character in American Pie so it's kind of funny to picking him out now and seeing what he's done his career wise but yeah yeah, it's crazy um, so stats as far as how this did financially how did it do 
So Illusion came out on June 8th, 2001, and had a budget of 80 million, making 98.4 million in the box office. It was written by the dual writing team of David Diamond and David Wiseman, who um, together starred with The Wiz and have also written the films Old Dogs, which Travolta and Robin Williams, and One in Rome. They've also published a screenwriting book together. David Diamond now teaches screenwriting at a high school in Los Angeles. So for those kids, it's quite lucky to get him as a teacher. And while I couldn't find what Wiseman has been up to, um, his Twitter does have a link to their website, bulletproofscript.com, which is how the book they worked on together. Um, the other screenwriter, Don Jacoby, was also the, the one who wrote the story for Evolution and hasn't really done anything beyond Evolution. Um, but he was a writer for the films, uh, for films like Double Team with, uh, who's that? V- uh, Claude Van Damme and uh, Dennis Rodman, I think. Yes. Uh, Invaders from Mars, Death Wish 3. And of course, we was directed by Ivan Reitman, who passed away last month on February 12th. He needs no introduction to his credits, but some of the films that he's directed are Ghostbusters 1 and 2, Meatballs, Stripes, Twins, Kindergarten Cop, which is actually our fourth episode of this podcast, Dave, and The Underrated Six Days, Seven Nights, and more. His final film directed was Drafted in 2014. And his last involvement with a film was Ghostbusters Afterlife, which came out last year, and his son directed. So our really fitting ending to his amazing career, working with his son, being a part of that for his final film. Yeah, that is a nice bow, neatly tied bow in the end. Yeah. So critically and how it's thought of, it's a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb, a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. Roger Ebert didn't hate it, He gave it two and a half out of four stars and a quote from his review. I can't quite recommend evolution, but I have a sneaky affection for it. It's not good, but it's nowhere near as bad as most recent comedies. It has real laughs, but it misses real opportunities. So you said it came on June of 2001. This is a pretty good month um, in film and I should have written some of them down, but what's crazy about when I was reading this list is just how far we've come with box office numbers in in theater and in theaters. And some of these movies made, <clears throat> excuse me, like $150 million or, or you know, $100 million. So some of the movies that came out in June of 01, The Animal, the Rob Schneider, What's the Worst, What's the Worst That Could Happen, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, Evolution, obviously. Swordfish, uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider, Dr. Doolittle 2, my, one of my favorite movies and a movie that I can't wait to do. I just, I keep thinking I'm going to pick it and then I, I don't. Fast and Furious. <laughs> Your favorite movie. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, <laughs> Baby Boy, Artificial Intelligence. And yeah, the, those are just, that's just a few of them, but they made so much money. When you look at the numbers that they made and then you see movies today, it's like the, the greatest movie you've seen in the past five years hasn't made, didn't make one-tenth of what, what Dr. Doolittle 2 made in, in the box. It's, it's kind of depressing, but it's just the change in the business, you know? Um, outside of theater, but still kind of tied, you know, on the smaller screen, uh, Six Feet Under premiered on HBO outside of that entirely. Uh, Ray Bork played his final game of his career and won the Stanley Cup and 
16 year old me cried about it. Um, Kwame Brown was taken first overall in the NBA draft by the Wizards. And that's all I really wrote down. Everything else was a lot of political stuff. And, and especially with everything going on in the world right now, I just didn't want to get into it. So, Joe, do you have the back of the DVD summary for Evolution? I do. A, a comedy that follows the chaos that ensues when a meteor hits the earth carrying alien life forms that gave new meaning to the term survival of the fittest. David Duchovny, Orlando Jones, Sean William Scott, and Julian Moore are the only people standing between the aliens and world domination, which could be bad news for the earth. Yeah, I think that's not bad. That's, that's, my, that's a good summary of the movie as it is. I think the movie itself could have been constructed better, the story, but yeah. Um, so some of those cast members and directors and or cast members and how they were doing going into this movie. So David Duchovny plays Dr. Ira Kane. You know him as Mulder from the X-Files and Hank Moody from Californication. Two shows, Joe, that I have never watched. Oh, really? And I, I haven't watched either one of them. And I bet you if you did a poll of people around our age and ask them if they'd seen at least everyone has to have at least watched one of the two. Yeah. I haven't watched any of them. So I'm, I'm in the minority there. I never finished uh, uh, Californication, <laughs> but X-Files, I was obsessed with growing up obsessed yeah. with like yeah. I had video games. I had the posters, I had comic books obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just never got into it. Um, in film, you know him from Beethoven, uh, Zoolander, Connie and Carla, the secret, the X-Files. I want you to believe uh, and more. And then uh, one of the fun facts that I kind of moved into the, the cast member section is David Duchovny turned down a role in Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, to appear in this movie. Joe, good call or bad call? Well, I think I think that's like the worst <clears throat> Star Wars movie. So I, I personally, my opinion, I think Attack of the Clones is, is the worst one of the bunch. So I think it's But is the, worst, is the worst Star Wars movie still better than Evolution? I don't know. I think working with Ivan Reitman is a pretty big honor. So That's it's true. like I, I I think it's like obviously it didn't make as much money and like Star Wars in general you just put the name on something it'll make a ton in the box mm. office but work with Ivan Reitman it's pretty obviously George Lucas too but Ivan Reitman's like a legend yeah. in the comedy world so all right yeah, that's fair um, Orlando Jones so Orlando plays Harry in the, in this one and you know him well okay, before you're gonna yeah you so he was a Mad TV alum. He was also, and this is the stuff I didn't know. This uh, he was a writer for a different world on NBC, a show that I love, a show that I've recently rewatched certain episodes of. I've never heard of that actually, a different world. We talked about it on the podcast before. It's kind of a Cosby show spinoff. Oh, that's right. Yes, okay. <laughs> um, so he was also a producer of the Sinbad show, which I watched when I was younger. And then as far as the big screen, uh, he was in Office Space, Liberty Heights, Magnolia Bedazzled, uh, the replacements from Dust Till Dawn 3, Double Take, The Time Machine, Biker Boys, and more. I know him in film from the replacements. That's when I see him, that's what I think of. Yeah, that and the uh, Make Seven Up Yours commercials. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make Seven Up Yours commercials on those on like TV, like and any channel, like they'll put they'll put those ads on any on like Nickelodeon. Like, what a what a wild time. <laughs> different times. <laughs> Uh, Sean William Scott, if you're my age, you know him as Stifler, which is a blessing and a curse. Um, he's more than that, though. He's done some other movies, and some of them have been pretty good. Some of them not so much. Uh, Road Trip, Dude, Where's My Car? Old School, The Rundown, Dukes of Hazard, Mr. Woodcock, 
role models, and then Goon in the sequel, Goon, Last of the Enforcers, which are two very underrated sports films, in my opinion. Yeah. <clears throat> I saw Do With My Car and There's My Father. I saw uh, The Rundown in theaters, I think, more than once. I, I, yeah. I, I haven't seen The Rundown in a long time, but I remember really liking The Rundown. So Julianne Moore, who I didn't know is an alumni of uh, Boston University, BU alum. Oh, Go I know that either. Yeah. Cool. Go Terriers. Um, soap opera work on uh, As the World Turns. And then on the big screen, you know her from uh, Shortcuts, Safe, Nine Months, Boogie Nights, which she got an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actress, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, uh, The End of the Affair, which she got an Academy Award nomination for Best Actress, Hannibal, Far From Heaven, The Hours. Uh, and, and I think for uh, Far From Heaven, she got an Academy Award nomination for Best Actress, too, I think. Uh, the Hours, Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting, Freedom Land, Children of Men, Savage Grace, A Single Man, uh, Kingsman, and Kingsman the Golden Circle. So that's so the two people when I was re reviewing their careers that I like gained a whole new respect for is or Orlando Jones because of his writing and his behind the scenes stuff. I think of him as a replacement, but to know that he was involved with um, uh, the Sinbad show, no joke, in uh, a different world on NBC, that's pretty cool. And then Julianne Moore has put together an unreal career. Oh, in yeah. nomination after nomination after nomination. And I'm and surprised you didn't mention Children of Men. Like, that cannot get, and you mentioned it on the list, but did you not get nominated for anything in that movie? I didn't see anything for it, but I, I could have just missed it. But I mean, because that, I, th- I think that movie is honestly probably like if I look, if you ask me what the closest thing to a perfect movie is, I think that's the closest thing to a perfect film right now, Children of Men. I think that movie is um, incredible. Well, and like just to make that many movies and still be making high quality movies. Yeah. It, it's impressive yeah and and she also just has like she looks like a hollywood star from like the 50s or something she's such a pretty lady and she's so talented and yeah no she's awesome so she was it sounds weird if once if you've seen this movie but she was kind of my favorite part of the movie um and then joe i had texted you yesterday about a weird coincidence and you texted me back do you know what the weird coincidence was it wasn't the CDC um, no. vaccine stuff? Okay. No. Okay. So another cast member. So Joe and I, I throw it back to last week. Joe and I are at the show in Cambridge. And without getting into detail, there is a young man and a girl. And it's very clearly a friend zone situation. The, the young man is all over this girl she's all done up like she's going out clubbing he's done up like he's a 48 year old like soccer dad and he's not 48 years old he's he's seen better days and i started calling him to joe i started calling him donkey lips donkey lips is in this movie and he's one of the two students so michael ray bauer who plays donkey lips and salute your shorts also in the wonder years doogie hauser california oh dreams my god is uh, Dude Where's My Car, a bunch of other stuff. Him and Ethan Supley, who play Frankie from Boy Meets World, are the two the two brothers that are like students and they like help out with the whole thing. I completely miss the connection. Oh, so, that's too funny. So you got to think, I'm, I'm re-watching this movie. I haven't thought of Donkey Lips in 15 years or more. And so I see this kid at a show on Thursday and he looks like Donkey Lips to me. 
And I'm like, oh, donkey lips, oh, that's funny. And I think it's going to be another 15 to 20 years before I think of donkey lips again. And then I turn on this movie and like three minutes in donkey lips is looking at me. I'm like, what the hell are the odds of that? So just ha- I had to mention that other cameos, uh, Sarah Silverman, Dan Aykroyd, I Ty Burrell from modern family or Burrell. It's a Burrell. Um, he plays uh, Fleming Kyle gas from tenacious D plays an officer in the middle. So pretty, pretty decent cast and um, some good cameos. What'd you have down for them? Uh, the more, you know, random facts i had a few so um initially ran as a serious science fiction thriller ivan reitman hired david diamond and david Wiseman to rewrite the project as a ghostbusters 1984 style comedy the original writer don jacoby actually enjoyed this change so much he continued working on the film alongside the other writers a piece of me questions that if he just didn't want to lose his job because like at the time let's be real he didn't really have a whole lot going on so right. it's like work with the, the chance to work with Ivan Reitman and like this great cast I'd be like you know deep down inside this sucks but this is great let's yeah write, let's and I need work going. <laughs> yeah. during the lengthy shooting in Page in Arizona Dan Aykroyd entertained the local folk by carting guests at a bar unofficially greeting people at a Walmart and visiting locals for a cup of coffees in their homes so, I saw that. I love that. I, cool. Can you imagine if we went to like a bar downtown? You like go to give the guy your ID, and you're like, "Is that? Is that fucking Dan? That was Dan Aykroyd, right?" <laughs> that, that's walking awesome. around, going to people's houses, and having coffee with them. Like he yep. seems like such a cool dude. Like, yeah, you just you get that sense from him. Um, well, that and not to be negative, but like we've talked recently about Chevy Chase and how he's not thought of as the the best person, and like so, it's nice to see the other side of that. So I just brought that back to Terry Chase. This is kind of going off topic for a second, but I was watching an old um, Norm Macdonald live episode the other day and he was interviewing um, Terry Chase. And this movie has like a joke product placement scene, <laughs> which is one of my favorite scenes in the movie for whatever reason. And it made me laugh because on the episode with Norm Macdonald and uh, um, Terry Chase, they have the Fiji water facing out. So the cameraman quickly runs over on air and turns the uh label facing outwards and the two of them just like made a joke about it for a little while because the product placement thing but really funny i don't know if you mentioned this or not you just mentioned him the actor but this was the film debut for ty burrell yes yeah so really cool and you said you did see effect on john show on here i didn't i didn't see it but i i I didn't write it down i'm sorry but i did see i did see that somewhere okay because this is one of those things that i just happened to see while i was watching it um, and the last thing I had was the clumsiness in Allison was Julian Moore's idea, which adds a little more to the character, actually. Just, yeah. I didn't really like the last bit, like when she falls off that fire truck, I thought that's a little goofy, but I did like her character <laughs> with those little added additions, so. That's good. I had some of those, but most, everything I have less left is like kind of like a casting, you know, what if, or another possible, so. Bill Murray was considered for the role of uh, Governor Lewis, which Dan Aykroyd ended up with. Jennifer Aniston was considered for the role of Allison, played by Julianne Moore. Will Smith was considered for the role of Harry, which is Orlando Jones's character. Uh, Michael J. Fox was considered for the role of Wayne, which ended up being Sean William Scott. And John Cusack and Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio, were considered for the role of Ira Kane. So I, Bill Murray, 
Governor Lewis taking Aykroyd's role. I could see that working. I didn't. I liked Aykroyd. It's fine, but I could see that working. No way I could see Jennifer Aniston taking Julianne Moore's role. Will Smith over Orlando Jones. That could have worked. It would have been a different movie, but it could have worked. Michael J. Fox is. I don't know how Michael J. Fox and Sean William Scott ended up in the same <laughs> like pile. Those are just two completely different. So I, I say no to that. Although I wasn't a fan of Sean William Scott in this, but I don't think Michael J. Fox is the solution. And then for David Duchovny's character, John Cusack or Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio in 2001 was so young. I don't see that working. John Cusack, I guess I could have could have done it, but yeah, just had to go through some of those. As far as stuff that wouldn't fly, transitioning out of a new new category. Not in this millennium, stuff that wouldn't fly in today's environment. There wasn't really anything that bothered me. One thing that I I was just like I didn't want to hear about it was the side effects of a vaccine. I think after the past couple of years, I'm just like, I want to eliminate any and all vaccine talk from my life. Like, you know what I mean? I just so but wasn't this movie brought up more like the whole life, just like when this was so like obviously it's not the most talked about movie, but talking about like vaccines, like how like wasn't this on like brought up more throughout the whole like argument? <laughs> so like, and what do they call what do they call um what do they call the disease? Like Ira Canes. Yeah, cane something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. What about you? Anything that, that, that you don't think would fly? Like you said, I, I thought the, I thought the CDC and vaccine was pretty was pretty amazing for the time we were talking for the time we're in now. But I thought some of the objectifying of Julie Moore's character, Allison, might have been changed yeah. a bit today. Um, it didn't bother me. I thought she made some jokes about it too throughout the movie. So, like, I thought it was okay, but some people might not have thought that. And some of Jones's racial jokes were actually kind of accurate for today's as well right like when we see them kind of sneaking into the base yeah and he's like you're white I'm like yeah I'm, I'm black i will get more time than you i'm like jesus i'm like okay right so some of those jokes were pretty spot on as well today <laughs> but yeah i think some of the objectifying of allison might be changed what was your favorite scene in this one so i had a few different things to make note of before i get to my favorite scene sure um i liked how the characters weren't dumb so even characters like sean william scott who play a dumb guy they still have some scenes where they're like they do the right thing and they're not like just a waste of time just for on-screen jokes like we see him serious during the um moment at the end with the fire truck and we see him serious during the whole shooting the primal the ape thing in the base so i liked how all the characters including leon jones who has some of the best one lines i think he's my favorite part of the movie leon jones i think he's still the movie for me um his one-liners were awesome, and like again, he could have been played the he could play the dumb character, and we would agree. We would have just like accepted it, but every character was smart in this movie, or had a smart moment at least. They weren't just there for dumb humor. Um, I love the one-liners from Jones. I I was telling Eric before we started recording that a lot of these one-liners I still think about, and I realized they were from this movie watching it, so it was kind of fun to revisit it. One of my favorite lines from it is. Uh, towards the end i couldn't say that's my opening quote but when allison reads like i would have rocked your world and arcane just says well, you already have and that line i don't know what it is but that line has always stuck with me i love that um the at the added advertisement at the end of the movie with uh for head and shoulders just made me yeah. laugh because it was so good i always uh, wonder how stuff like that comes together like because there had there was obviously a discussion between them and head and shoulders i don't know i'm not saying 
what money, you know, whatever. But it, it's just so weird. Like, cause head, I think of myself as like a head and shoulders marketing exec and being like, all right, are we going to get, is this worth it? Even if we don't, even if we don't have to pay for it, do we want to give them permission to use our name? Like, are we going to get more stuff from, you know, sell more? It gets our name out there, but yeah, I don't know. I think. Did you say that fun fact? I didn't write it down, but they actually started using the ingredient uh, that, that they used to kill the monsters, the aliens with, and their um, shampoo after this movie came out, which is really funny. So, yeah, but yeah, like you said, I don't know how they didn't use this as like, product as an advertisement like it was right there for them but i loved how the whole thing was like a joke like to the point where even alone jones is holding the thing backwards it's very like wayne's world ask with their joke product placement um that was a really fun scene but my fear in the movie is the third act when they're all together because the chemistry for these characters i thought was so good and i this is gonna go obviously like I have this argument sometimes with my what I would change, but I, this is gonna go into what I would change. Um, they were so good together, you know. It's it was nice. I wish we had a little more of that. Um, so it was really fun. We have all these characters having a role um, in this final scene, and even um, the two students they get brought into the movie later on at the end, and they have a pretty big moment where they play a big part in stopping this whole thing. So shout out Donkey Lips. Shout out Donkey Lips. So I wish we, I wish the third act was kind of like a longer a bit of a longer lead-in with all the characters coming together because that was a really fun moment with all of them swapping these aliens together so how about you what was your uh, favorite scene so this was kind of hard but i i if i had to pick one i i I think i'm saying the same thing you're saying i guess the scene where they're they're all together and they're hunting the giant bird dinosaur thing in the mall and then sean william scott starts like bird calling and then starts singing you are so beautiful it was stupid it was so stupid but at least it was kind of funny but other than that there wasn't really one scene that i was crazy about um soundtrack i'm gonna let you talk about the soundtrack but i have to mention one thing and that's come on over by samantha mumba talk about time travel man i was like i forgot about that song I don't know where, I don't know how I remember that song. And then I heard it and I was like, I know this song. I know this song. And so this movie, I probably, if I didn't watch this movie, I would have gone the rest of my life without ever hearing that song again. So if this movie gave me anything, it was one more run for, for come on over. So, but do you have any, anything, anything else on the soundtrack? So on top of that, it was, I actually really, I, I did like it. It was composed by John Powell, who, has done some really great scores in the past. He's done a recent fan favorite episode, Chill Factor. <laughs> he did. He's done Chicken Run, and he's done. He was, he's done the Hot Train Dragon movies, which is probably one of my favorite animated film soundtracks of all time. So he did all three of those: um, Born Supremacy, <laughs> Mr. Mrs. Smith, um, Hancock, Kung Fu Panda, and his most recent film is. Don't Worry Darling, which is directed by Elvia Wilde coming out this year, which we've, I'm not sure if you've heard a little bit about that, but that's going to be a pretty good film, I think. But John Powell is on a ton of animated films and movies, and he's still super relevant in the industry. So it was kind of funny seeing him pop up in the credits there. And it's funny, if you, if you, if you actually listen to the end credits sequence, um, when the credits are rolling, his score pops up and it sounds just like something that came out of Pressure and Dragon. Like, it sounds like, it's almost like, he took notes from this movie and put it in the high train dragon. It was so similar. Mm-hmm. So really cool. We kept that like same, I guess, touch yeah. with this, with the song. So yeah, yeah I really cool. liked it though. Good. Good. 
So I'll start with if you could change one thing. My one thing is is a pretty big thing, and it's just casting. The only one that I really felt that I liked in this movie was Julianne Moore. I think this is too close to home for Duchovny because coming off of X-Files, and I don't find him that funny, so I didn't really buy like the whole, like, oh, it's a comedic, it's like X-Files, but it's a comedy. I, did, I just didn't buy it. Orlando Jones, like you said, he was good. He wasn't, he wasn't bad. Sean William Scott was just stiffler. And that, for me, I was like, he's just stiffler in a different movie. And like I said earlier, when you were talking about the other possibilities, Michael J. Fox definitely would not have fixed it. Probably would have made it worse. But there's, there had to be someone. There's room for improvement there for me um, with, with both Sean William Scott's character and David Duchovny. I don't know. But, but I didn't grow up watching the X-Files, like I said. So maybe I'm just not a Duchovny guy, but that's just my opinion. What about you? What would you change? I mentioned in the past on a few months ago with I wish they all could get a little sooner. So once Sean William Scott and Julian Moore's characters joined the duo, I think it's a really fun film. I think it took a little too long to get to that point. The payoff's great, and I, it felt good getting to that point. But I real do quick, wish we had just a little bit more extended second act when they come together. And then real quick, the, the Duchovny and Julianne Moore like that happens like all of a sudden they go it's from like quick. they go from like there's not even really a thing that happens and they go from like she's like they don't want anything to do with each other to like they're kind of a couple and it, it's just weird yeah like, it, going, it, that does happen no that does happen quick the romance between the two of them i have that written down but i do agree with that um and then some of the just the first act it's fun with seeing um, Jonah's character and David's character kind of interact with each other on the school campus and um, just that bantering. But once we go back and forth to like the alien worlds constantly, we visit that we visit that scene like three or four times and it gets a little tedious in my opinion. So I was like not looking at my phone, but I was kind of like, oh, they're back looking at these bugs and these little worms. I'm like, okay, well, we get it. Like, let's go back up to back up to the ground level here. But I think the first act was a little draggy. So I kind of wish they focused a little, you know, with them, it gets tedious, I guess. Yeah. There's a lot of like repetitive stuff for a movie. That's only an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. So it's like, you almost wonder if they were like, they finished it and they were like, all right, we only have an hour and 25 minutes. And then someone was like, we got to stretch it out somehow. I don't know how, but yeah, it makes you really like, I like, I would love to see a movie with this, like <laughs> from the second act on them all together, just blowing up billions with head and shoulder shampoo. Like I'd be okay right. with that. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that pretty, yeah. That's, that's pretty much what I had. Those two little nitpicky things, I guess. All right. So if you've listened to the podcast before, you know, this is a part of the pod where we give our score and we rate movies on a scale of one to five. Would you mind paying a late fee to keep this movie? So a score of one is you get, you know, a couple minutes in, you can't take it anymore. You turn it off because you, you don't want to be late. You want to bring it back to the video rental store so you don't pay a late fee all the way up to a score of five, which is you're willing to keep it a few extra days to show it to your friends, maybe even just buy it from the video rental store uh, so you can watch it a few more times. So a score of one is low, score of five is high. This was Joe's pick, so I'm going to give my score first. So before I give my score, I have to say, this movie isn't for me. Like, it just, not. I mean, it wasn't, I'm not the target audience. For whatever reason, I usually don't like sci-fi comedies check out our galaxy quest episode. If you, if you don't believe me, that was um, <laughs> it's not really my sense of humor. 
I'm not a Dave Duchovny guy for whatever reason. Like I said, I'm probably just, I didn't grow up on X-Files, so I'm missing something. All that said, even for this type of movie, it's not my favorite. That, that This type of movie is not my favorite. I don't think this one was done very well. I'm sorry, Ivan Reitman. I gave this one a two out of five. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's just, I mean, like you said, it's the sci-fi. It's not, it's not, it's yeah. not my, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm the not the target audience at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it, that's not a sample. I give it a little bit of a higher score. I give it a 3.25. Um, I really liked it. And like, I, like I was saying in the beginning, I grew up with this movie, so I'm sure a lot of nostalgia like, did hit me as I'm rewatching because I haven't seen it in years. But I still, as I was playing, I still remembered all the lines that Alan Jones threw out. I still remembered the goofy head and shoulders broad placement. But it's, it's as much fun as I remember it being. It's not an amazing movie. It's unfortunately kind of forgettable. Um, but I think, in my opinion, the cast has a lot of chemistry together. And I just wish they had... A little more time to expand on that instead of just being shoved together in the third act. I but agree I really, with you that if the, that if the third act was, if the movie was just the third act or more like that, I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah, it's, it's it gets, takes a long time to get to that point, and the payoff, while great, just doesn't last very long. Um, but I, something about the fact that no matter who you were in this movie, you were accepted in this group with Jones and Duchovny's characters. So like we have the students, they make an appearance and make they make uh, uh, they state an opinion or they have a suggestion of something and they just welcome into the group. Same with Julie Moore's character, same with Sean William Scott's character. I just loved how no matter like who you were, you just welcome into that group. And that's what, I don't know, something about that just maybe really appreciates him a lot more. So even if you're Donkey Lips, shout out Donkey Lips. Even for Donkey Lips, man. Oh yeah, he made it, he, he made it to the group, but this movie's not amazing, but it's, it is a fun time in my opinion. So if you think, if you have any nostalgia towards this cast or these, actors back in the day i think it's worth giving a giving a rewatch it made me want to rewatch a lot of julianne moore movies no joke i was like yeah i don't think that i've seen when i was especially when i was going through her like her resume there's a lot of movies in there that i know are thought of you know people like them and i'm like i haven't seen that i haven't seen that i haven't seen that so it made me want to go back and rewatch some of her movies so and it's cool, like again, like she's all those ones that she got a nomination for, an award for, or one. She they're all serious roles, and then here she's like doing a comedy. So like it's cool seeing that how wide range her acting skills yeah. are from going to like a movie like Children of Men to our movie Evolution to Children of Men. So it's. I think impressive. the only movies I've seen, like I've seen The Fugitive, which she was in. I've seen Lost World, Jurassic Park. I've seen Boogie Nights. I've seen Big Lebowski. I'm just going through her like resume right now, but there are a lot of Please them. Have you seen Children of Men? Have you seen Children of Men, Eric? I have seen Children of Men. Okay, yeah. okay, good, good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've missed out on a, on a lot of them, so I, I gotta I gotta go back and, and check some of them out. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, so oh, I'm sorry, were you done? No, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Okay, good. cool. So follow us on Instagram, worth a late fee. Uh, suggestions are always welcome. So just send us a message or even a comment on one of the posts and. And we'll put your uh, your pick towards the top of the list. And we'll be back next week. And this was Joe's pick, this episode that you're listening to. So the next one's my pick. So I was wanting to pick a St. Patrick's Day movie. But I didn't want to force it. And a lot of the movies that I saw that came out between 2000 and 2010, there were some that technically qualified and everything. But I was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to force it. So I kind of bailed on that. So one movie that I saw on streaming the other day and I was like, there's a movie I haven't seen in a while 
um, is born identity. So oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're gonna be we, going back. Actually, filming a little while. Have you? Yeah, done yeah. Well, it's three hundred. It's really contest. Like <laughs> no, it doesn't count. <laughs> like a real so, action movie. <laughs> I know. I saw Born Identity in theaters. Obviously, it's had multiple sequels. So I'm kind of pumped to go back and rewatch this. So we're gonna be talking about Born Identity next week. Awesome! I'm excited for that one. Thank you guys very much for listening. Yep. As always, thank you. <laughs>